Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a fabulous Friday here at 6 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you for the very first of many times this morning here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the Stormy Daniels Agreement. Who paid whom? We'll have details coming up in one minute. And we'll focus on all the D.C. drama first on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. Reaction continues to comments from President Trump's new attorney, Rudy Giuliani, regarding a payment made to an adult film star. President Trump blasted out a series of tweets saying the money his lawyer Michael Cohen paid to former porn actress Stormy Daniels didn't come from campaign contributions. His new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, revealing the president reimbursed Cohen for paying Daniels in 2016 so she wouldn't talk about an alleged sexual encounter with the president a decade earlier. It wasn't for the campaign. Right. It was to save their ma- sure. not their marriage as much as their, their reputation. So Giuliani says Cohen merely told the president he had expenses for which Mr. Trump reimbursed him. He didn't know the details of this until we knew the details of it, which is a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe not even a couple, maybe 10 days ago. The president denied any knowledge one month ago. In Washington, Caroline Shively, Fox News. We'll be all over this in our first talk segment here. You know, Giuliani's brought in to help the president. Yeah. And you could make a case that uh, he might be doing more harm than good. And we'll have that debate. And there's much more on this topic coming up, Alan. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Red light runners, beware. The state Supreme Court says traffic cameras are a legal way to catch you. In its unanimous verdict, the state's high court said red light cameras are legal. Justices dismissed a lawsuit filed by traffic attorneys for a South Florida driver who was cited after caught on one of those red light cameras making an illegal turn. The issue went before the state Supreme Court following conflicting appellate court decisions, one of which prompted a class action suit against a number of cities, including Tampa, seeking ticket refunds. It's unlikely that lawsuit will proceed because of this latest ruling. I'm Sharon Parker. As Walt Disney World and union leaders continue to go head-to-head in labor talks with one issue is the proposal of a $15 per hour minimum wage. Now, some union leaders are for that proposal, but others are rejecting it because they say it would cut certain benefits like overtime. A whole lot of praying at the state capitol. More than 100 people showed up at the top floor observation area to take part in a national day of prayer. Pam Olson with the Hilltop House of Prayer says America needs it and so does Florida. We're a divided state as well, and we've been through so many things with the uh, mass shootings in Parkland and innocent life loss, with the hurricanes, with things that have happened. And the reality is only God can heal hearts, and only God can bring protection. The National Day of Prayer dates back to a congressional resolution passed in 1952. This year's theme, Pray for America and for Unity. Evacuations are ordered in Hawaii after an eruption of the Kilauea Volcano. Sarah Madison of Fox affiliate KHON2 is on the scene. You can see clouds of smoke and debris. That's rock, ash, and lava coming up from the surface right now. Now, there is a fire department's helicopter above us, so you can't really hear 
the sound that this lava is making, but I can tell you it sounds like it's the ocean. It sounds like the ocean, the waves coming, it's like a, like a roar coming out of the ground. Now, there are homes in this area right now. Officials are trying to evacuate everybody. We are here. We don't see any lava yet. Hawaii's governor has called out the National Guard to help with evacuations and security. WFLA News Time is 6.05. Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski are expelled from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Wow, they're getting picky, huh? <laughs> that story is online at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And alongside Alan Spector, who brings us the news every Friday. And Good Morning Orlando, the Bud Man, greeting you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Alan will be back with news in the bottom of the hour and watching for whatever might break here or there. Executive producing, and nobody does it better. Yaffe in the control room alongside him. Stephanie is back to take your calls at 407-916-5400. Or you can text us for your uh, your comments on whatever we're talking about at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Steph, you were out of town for a couple of days attending, what, your brother's graduation? How did all of that go? Yeah, that's right. Well, tell me all about it. Brag on your brother a little bit. Oh, um, well, the graduation was good. It was early yesterday morning. So. College graduation? Yep, from FAU. Oh, so you were way down in South Florida. Yeah, I was in Boca. Well, terrific. Okay. Yeah, I was a little tired. I didn't get back till late last night. You look just a little bit weary here. You know what? And Yaffe's running on fumes, too, from his uh, long day in New York City. You know, he's still not fully recovered. You know, th- this could it be very... It takes like three days to recover he... from New York, I think. This you... is Alan, this is not reassuring <laughs> when you got three hours of radio and depending on this t- part of the team here, I'm telling you what. And these are kids. And they're worn out. I know it. You and I are here. <laughs> That's right. Ready to I know. do whatever it is we do. Bright-eyed. Bright-eyed. You guys had to walk in the snow uphill uh, both ways. Oh, Nine man. miles you did it to with school a, barefoot. You and, did it with a smile on your face yes. the whole time. And to do my homework on the back of a shovel. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, was... we, we've got a message from, from this side of the glass, all right? Suck it up, buttercups. Come on now. <laughs> Great to have you with us, everybody. Uh, and, and, and By the way, get off our lawn, too, would you? Get off my lawn! <laughs> Have you seen any of those pictures of Tom Brokaw recently? He looks like if they redid the movie Grumpy Old Men, you know? He he just looks like that to me. Get off my front lawn. <laughs> what? What did you say, old man? Stay tuned now for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the new key word of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Then we dive into all the DC intrigue. Don't miss it. I really have concluded that this whole Stormy Daniels thing is really not going to hurt Trump, at least not with his base. Do you agree with that? You know, I mean, the, the anti Trump media machine just runs with countless Stormy stories. It's unbelievable. You know, All kinds of major news can be breaking loose, whether it's North Korea, whatever it happens to be, great economic news, et cetera, you name it. 
You tune into CNN or MSNBC and it's stormy, stormy, stormy all the time. Now it's Giuliani and the former New York City mayor and longtime federal attorney and prosecutor um, and at one point would-be presidential candidate and would-be member of the Trump cabinet has now been brought on as the lead attorney for Donald Trump. And it's very, very clear that now they're going to take a very aggressive line against the Mueller probe. The prior group of attorneys, whether it was Dowd or Cobb or whoever, said, you know, create a sense of we're all about cooperation, etc. It will wind up better, Mr. President. The president, I think, feels that Mueller, you know, along with the likes of Comey and so many others within the deep state, that hated the idea of him running for president and exponentially more hated the idea of him becoming president are absolutely determined to destroy him. So we need to toughen up in our approach. And I'll tell you what, Rudy Giuliani is a personable guy, but as a lawyer, he is a pit bull. The thing that bothers me is I just feel at this particular point, and it may change, I think he may be doing the president more harm than good, you know. And and when you have him go on Sean Hannity the other night and say, well, yeah, of course the president knew about the $130,000 payment to his attorney, Michael Cohen, which he had said in Air Force One a month ago that he knew nothing about. Yeah, he knew about it because he paid him back. Well, he paid him back as part of a monthly retainer, uh, that he had going on here, so it didn't violate any campaign finance laws, et cetera, et cetera. The White House was completely clueless on this, and it isn't good when it is quite evident that nobody else in the White House, from Sarah Sanders all the way up to Chief of Staff John Kelly, had any idea what what um, Giuliani was going to say on Hannity. I don't necessarily think that's very good for the perception of whether or not this White House and this president have their act together. But I don't think the Stormy Daniels thing is is going to be a problem for the president. I just don't. 407-916-5400, text line 23680 to see whether or not you would agree with me on that. And do you think Giuliani is helping or hurting the president? I think the jury's still out, but uh, early on, I think it's been kind of rocky, don't you? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. I'm asked Yaffe to cue up something that pinned my ears back on um, Tucker Carlson's show on Fox last night. He brought on former assistant FBI director James Kallstrom. He uh, was an FBI agent from 1970 through the late 1990s. He prosecuted the mafia. He was the lead FBI investigator on the TWA 800 airline disaster and the terrorism investigation thereof. Last night, he said something that I think is worthy of our attention this morning. When he took a look at the heavy-handed, stormtrooper-like approach of the Mueller forces now, that the anti-Trump media machine has no problem with at all, the raiding of Paul Manafort's home, breaking into his house in the middle of the night, terrorizing his family, had no idea what was going on. You know, and we're not exactly talking about mafia crime here. Maybe white-collar crime, maybe not even that. And then raiding Michael Cohen's office, the president's lawyer's office. He says it is all part of an out-of-control, deep-state, anti-Trump conspiracy to destroy this president. Listen to... 
former FBI agent and assistant FBI director James Kallstrom. I just think these people are out of control. From the very time that Donald Trump was the nominee of the Republican Party, there has been a conspiracy, a fifth column, call it what you want, that has tried to stop him from getting elected, and number two, stop his effective work for the people of this country. And look at the magnificent job he's done in the economic front, in the foreign relations front, in a year and a half. In my view, more than the last three presidents combined. Wow. That's not something you normally hear, is it? This is a guy with terrific credentials, and he's an old FBI guy. And he, he is, he's ashamed, he's angry with his own agency. And he says they're, they're participating here in a conspiracy to destroy this president. I think he's right. 407-916-5400. Gabby, all the D.C. drama. What's your take on it this morning before we go to the text line and the phone lines? Well, my, my initial thought when all this was happening is, what is Rudy Giuliani's strategy here? I've been really trying to figure it out. I don't have the answer. I have a feeling he wants to get some of this other stuff out of the way because he feels like they don't have anything on collusion. So they're going to try to get him on either campaign finance violations or they're going to try to get him on obstruction of justice. So he's thinking, I'm going to attack those things. Get them off the table. And get them off the table. And then they won't have anything. Mm. But I'm really, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Giuliani. I'm very curious what he's going to do next. I thought Kallstrom from the FBI had it right on Tucker Carlson last night. That's a powerful piece of sound we played a moment ago. Yeah, that that definitely took me back because he has some credibility. Yep. What do you see on that text line coming in? Uh, one person says this, says they agree with the, that this is a conspiracy. Another person says the left is waging war. It's apparent to regular Americans, and they don't like it. What matters is Trump is making America great and defending America from these dark forces. Yet another person is thinks that um, is not happy with all of this. Uh, says Trump supporters have no morals and would support him if there were video of cocaine and hooker parties in the White House. Wow. All right. Now, listen, we got some callers who I think are kind of in anti-Trump mode as well. I want to start with somebody else, though. Uh, Matt, you're in Claremont with the Bud Man and Company. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Bud. Uh, Bud, the, would you? one of your texters said conspiracy. This is these uh, Rosenstein and raiding Cohen's office. That's this is treason. These people, Giuliani informed us what's going on. These people need to be fired, and maybe they even need to be arrested. Well, he's definitely calling for the prosecution of Comey, and he's calling. Well, how about Mueller? He's calling how for that. He's Rosenstein calling for Mueller now. to be shut down. Yeah, but he said they've committed violations. You know, when you are a constitutional. Uh, uh, in the executive branch, and you commit a violation, the president can have you removed. We'll see where it goes. I can tell you that Giuliani represents a totally different approach by the president to the Mueller probe. This allows him to follow his instincts of fighting, fighting back, okay, as opposed to just being conciliatory and striking an air of cooperation as they go for his throat and his presidency. And that's what Giuliani's all about. He is, as an attorney, a pit bull 
of the first magnitude. Ron, you're on from Claremont. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Bud. Happy Friday. Yeah, man, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I agree. You know what? Uh, Rudy Giuliani is a pit bull. He's a great guy. I love him. You know what I mean? we got to give him a chance. When that man opens his mouth, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan. We don't know it yet, but he has a plan, okay? And let me tell you something. Donald Trump can go out and hire OJ's law team. They're still going to go after him. I don't care. I don't care. Rudy, uh, Donald Trump needs to go out and hire Mark Levin, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, yeah, of course I have. He's one of the great conservative talk show hosts and one heck of an attorney, too. That's who he has to go get. He has to go get Mark. He has to go get Mark Levin. Bring him on his team, and after everything goes away, Mark Levin, Attorney General. There you go. You talk about a pit bull. Well, there he is. Thank you. Appreciate you. Much more coming up on this later. We're going to have a live report on the D.C. drama. See if anything took place overnight that I might have missed. You know, you take your eyes off it for 10 minutes, and the whole thing could change. For a news update on a Friday morning with Alan Spector. Big day at UCF. Big name at UCF. Right, Alan? Graduation season is in full swing across the Sunshine State, bud. And former Governor Jeb Bush spoke at the University of Central Florida commencement in Orlando yesterday afternoon, a little over two weeks after his mother's passing. Bush's speech was short and sweet, just like his mother would have wanted. So when I would ask her what I should speak about, she would always say, Jeb, Speak about 10 minutes and sit down and shut up. Jeb Bush encouraged the graduates to be of service to others and be involved in causes far bigger than themselves. He was presented with an honorary doctorate from UCF in public service. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. FEMA is granting the Puerto Rico governor's request for an extension of the Temporary Sheltering Assistance Program until June 30th and will offer transportation back to Puerto Rico for families who remain in the TSA program in the continental U.S. FEMA says this will be the final extension of the program for Hurricanes Irma and Maria. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, and partiers here in Florida who've had too much to drink will have another option to get home. AAA spokesman John Pecchio says the tow-to-go program will again be providing a free confidential ride home. AAA's tow-to-go program operates as a safety net for those who didn't have a plan in place at the end of the night. We'll come out and take you and your vehicle home or to a safe destination within a 10-mile radius, no questions asked. That number is 855-2-TOW-TO-GO. AAA says partiers should put the number in their phones before they drink, just in case. Bud? A man. <laughs> Come on now. just want to make sure you're listening. A man (laughs) is behind bars in Seminole County for allegedly punching an 80-year-old school crossing guard. Oh, that's nice. The sheriff's office says 36-year-old William Anthony Vendini struck William Reynolds in the face as Reynolds was crossing Wakiva Springs Road with two elementary school children. Reynolds was taken to the hospital as a precaution. The children were not injured. There will not be a new chaplain for the U.S. House, after all, after a change of heart from the Speaker. 
House Speaker Paul Ryan says he's accepted a letter from Father Patrick Conray rescinding his resignation. He will remain as chaplain of the House. In a two-page letter to Ryan, Father Conroy said he'd never heard complaints about his ministry. Democrats said politics played a role, believing Conroy was asked to resign because of a prayer asking for fairness during the tax debate. In a statement, Ryan says his original decision asking for Conroy's resignation was based on a duty to ensure the House is the kind of pastoral services it deserves. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. If you're on Twitter, the social network is recommending that you change your password. A glitch has caused some passwords to be stored in readable text on Twitter's internal computer system. Now, Twitter says the problem has been resolved, and there's no indication that the passwords were stolen or misused, but just to be on the safe side, change it. WFLA News Time is 6.36. I'm Alan Spector. News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. Catch you with more news at the top of the hour. Right now at 635, the Bloomberg Business Report every morning on Good Morning Orlando. So listen up as we bring in Gina Cervetti live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. And good Friday morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you, bud. So you've been checking out the futures, looking back at yesterday. We got a jobs report coming down the pike in a couple of hours. What's the news this morning, Gina? Well, right now we have the futures slipping just a little bit as investors assess implications of those trade talks between the U.S. and China. They ended after two days. We're awaiting the big jobs report here. An economist surveyed by Bloomberg expecting payrolls growth of 192,000. The jobless rate slipping from 4.1 to 4%. We had stocks slipping yesterday in the end as healthcare losses offset gains in materials. The Dow ended little changed. It was up five points and closed at 23,930. The S&P was down six, about a quarter of a percent. At 2630, the Nasdaq fell 13 points to 7,088. The Bloomberg Orlando index down about two-tenths percent. And what can you tell us about Facebook's new money-making strategy this morning, Gina? Well, they've been conducting market research in recent weeks to determine if they should go ahead with an ad-free subscription version and whether or not that would spur more people to join the social network, according to people familiar with the matter. Facebook has studied such an option before, but now there's more momentum internally to pursue this in light of the recent privacy data scandal. Very interesting there. And um, I was reading something about this yesterday, but I didn't fully understand it. And I'm really glad that you're talking about it here. Headline, Tesla's Elon Musk defends criticism of two analysts during conference call. What's the deal? Yeah, Elon Musk this morning is tweeting. He's defending his criticism of two analysts who were asking tough questions on Tesla's earnings call, saying he says they were, quote, trying to justify their Tesla short thesis and were working against the interest of investors. Tesla shares fell yesterday after this earnings call. Uh, The CEO in that call rejected those analyst questions after another quarter in which the company burned more than a billion in cash and pushed back production of its Model Y crossover. So Musk taking to Twitter this morning to say uh, they're trying to defend their thesis that uh, these stocks are going to fall. 
Well, very interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Nestle making some news here on a Friday morning. What can you tell us on that score, Gina? That's right, bud. Nestle is close to a deal to acquire part of Starbucks that sells coffee and beans in supermarkets. When you see Starbucks products on the shelves at your local grocery store, this is the unit. A Swiss financial blog says an announcement could be made as early as this weekend. Nestle already owns Nespresso and smaller brands Blue Bottle Coffee and Chameleon Cold Brew. Okay, and finally, I think it's almost every working person's dream to one day retire as a millionaire. Apparently, a lot more Americans have actually attained that goal than ever, right? That's right. The money manager United Income finds that one of every six retirees in the U.S. is a millionaire if you include the value of their homes. Their average wealth has risen more than 100 percent since 1989 to $752,000, and the share of those who are millionaires has doubled 62% meanwhile are enjoying life without physical or cognitive limitations and that's up from 49% back in 1963 the first year that this data was taken. All right and on that upbeat note we'll wrap it up for a week of reports from the Bloomberg newsroom in New York City with Gina Cervetti. I hope you enjoy your weekend. We'll look for you Monday morning, Gina. Thanks bud, you too. Okay, good deal. Hey, listen in a moment. Don't mistake me for a cold-hearted, uncompassionate conservative. When I make the case that FEMA is fleecing we taxpayers with the latest deal it has cut for Puerto Rico's hurricane evacuees. I'll make the case in a moment, and we'll see what you think. 407-916-5400 if you want to talk. If you want to text and be heard that way, text me to 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. We'll be updated as well here in two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm not naive and I don't lack compassion. I mean, it was an awful situation on the island of Puerto Rico, particularly Hurricane Maria. This is nearly eight months ago. We had people who fled the island because they had no power, they had, uh, they had no homes. I understand that. I understand that, and I'm endlessly sympathetic with the families that have been dislocated. And a lot of them came here to Central Florida because they had some kind of a network here with the growing influx of folks who are leaving Puerto Rico and coming to Central Florida. So they had family, and if they didn't have family, they believed they would find friends with connections back to the island that they, that they left. And we provided government aid that we fund as taxpayers through the Federal Emergency Management Agency. This has been done with natural uh, or national disasters of one kind or another, you know, hurricanes here, stateside, etc. I understand that, and I'm not opposed to that. I'm just concerned about how open-ended it has been and continues to be uniquely, I think, when it comes to the hurricane evacuees from Puerto Rico. Okay, they keep on extending the aid. And to one degree or another, I think you can make a legitimate case that you continue to create a disincentive for these people to get jobs, to get out of the local hotel rooms that FEMA is paying with our taxpayer dollars for while they are here. Um, FEMA says it has provided hotel rooms nationwide for more than 7000 families from Puerto Rico, from those hurricanes since October. About 2,300 families still enrolled in the program in over 30 states. 
And one of them, of course, here is Florida. Now, all of this affects about 2,400 families, okay? 7,000 people. And now, when we extend this to June 30th, they say that's going to be it. That'll be nearly 10 months since the hurricanes. That's a long time. And they're now, FEMA has announced, going to pay to fly everybody back to Puerto Rico who wants to go on our taxpayer dollars. I can tell you this is about compassion, but it is all about politics, and it is also all about votes. And you can feel it in the statement from Governor Rick Scott's office. Florida has done everything possible, the governor says, to help our neighbors in Puerto Rico with their continued recovery from Hurricane Maria. Over the past seven months, I've made five trips to Puerto Rico to offer our full assistance and guidance. And um, keeping the FEMA case managers that I requested on the ground across our state, I've been doing that here to offer this assistance ongoing. I am glad to hear that FEMA is once again extending this assistance for the many families from Puerto Rico and the Sunshine State, and we continue to stand ready to assist in any way possible. He's, I mean, he's running for the Senate against Bill Nelson. You need the Puerto Rican vote. He doesn't want to offend the Puerto Rican constituency. I think that that's an issue. Maybe it's a legitimate political issue, but I think it leads to one extension after another. Whatever Puerto Rico wants, Puerto Rico gets. Keep in mind, they bankrupted their own island with their socialistic big entitlement government programs in Puerto Rico. And, and, and we're all picking up the tab as a result of those policies on the island for so many years. I'm all for FEMA assistance when we have a disaster like this. This was monumental. We've had many of them in recent years here stateside. But I just wonder whether the ground rules are different for the Puerto Rican families affected than for stateside families here in the United States affected by prior natural disasters, meaning that it is completely open-ended and nobody, nobody is willing to say enough's enough. They say June 30th. I wouldn't be surprised if they continued it beyond that. Now, tell me, am I a cold-hearted conservative who lacks compassion, or am I a responsible steward of taxpayer monies who has the courage to ask the tough politically incorrect questions? You tell me, and I know you will, 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. So you've heard my take on the now extended, one more time, aid to hurricane evacuees here in Orlando and elsewhere by the federal government, FEMA, using our tax money. Um, Let's talk about it. Here is Dave in Mount Dora. Good morning to you, Dave. Good morning, Bud. Look, I'll tell you, you don't have to feel guilty about this, but, you know, we don't owe the Puerto Ricans any more money. They should have done more than enough. There's not one word in our federal constitution or any state constitution that says, we have to be compassionate and provide for the needs, the personal needs of somebody. It's about providing justice. In Puerto Rico, I know people have been there many times. 
Uh, it's a welfare state that's draining our treasury every day. I think we ought to detach them, give them their independence, and send them on their way. We don't need them. They're not doing us any good. All right, listen, I don't have a problem with the FEMA aid. I, I have a problem with how open-ended this continues to be. And now we're also going to pay to resettle them in apartments in Puerto Rico after we fly them back, after we continue to keep them up in hotel rooms here and across the country for gazillions of dollars until the 30th of June. Um, Joe, you're on the line quickly from Titusville on this. How do you see it, Joe? Well, I, I think the eight months is probably less time than than we put people up for Katrina and Sandy. So I really don't think it's that extended. And you also need to look at how long it took to start getting help there to begin with. Uh, and the whole effort there was misguided because they brought all the supplies into only San Juan instead of using the other port facilities that they have there of Mayaguez and, and Yeah, well, and, you know, and, and, and but but the issue is it was a horrible <laughs> storm, Joe. But with all due respect, the reality is the island was a complete infrastructure mess because of their policies. I mean, they're just hopelessly in debt, et cetera. And it was a different scenario than we encounter when there's a disaster here in one of our 50 states. Um, anyway, there we go. We got more coming up here. Good morning, Orlando. It's Friday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Glad you're with us. And just in time, too, for Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, the ever-changing Stormy Daniels saga. We'll have details coming up in one minute. All part of the D.C. drama. And we'll cover it all in a live report from one of our top News Radio 1025 national correspondents in a moment on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. Another twist in the Stormy Daniels saga. President Trump now admitting he reimbursed attorney Michael Cohen for the $130,000 payment to the porn actress. The president changing course after attorney Rudy Giuliani disclosed the reimbursement. Fox's John Roberts has more from the White House. Giuliani threw a hand grenade into the Cohen investigation, telling Sean Hannity the president paid Cohen back for that $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. So they funneled it through the law firm. Funneled through the law firm, and the president repaid it. The stunning admission appeared to contradict previous statements, one from Michael Cohen in February, who said, neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign reimbursed me for the payment, either directly or indirectly. The president said he paid Cohen back in the form of a monthly retainer, and no campaign funds were used. More on this very shortly, Ellen. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The state's high court says red light cameras are legal. At issue, whether traffic citations based on red light cameras are legal because the videos are reviewed by camera company staff. A class action lawsuit claimed those reviews were illegal and anyone ticketed because of red light cameras should get their citations refunded. But the state Supreme Court has now ruled that the cameras and the process used to determine violations are legal. I'm Sharon Parker. Orlando-based Darden Restaurants has to pay out nearly $3 million because Seasons 52 allegedly won't hire old white guys. 
The U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission announced the settlement of a federal lawsuit saying the money will go to job candidates who might have been victims of discrimination because of Seasons 52's hiring practices. Okay, listen, I'm not an advocate of age discrimination, but I think the company's getting a bad deal from the feds, and I'll explain it later in this half hour. Six years after lawmakers tore it away from the University of South Florida and four years after it opened, Florida Polytechnic University in Lakeland is graduating its first four-year class. Maggie Mariucci is the Assistant Vice President for University Relations. We have graduates already of the university that did graduate last spring, um, but as you know, we opened our doors for classes in August of 2014, so this will be the first class of graduates who actually started with us as freshmen. Mariucci says many poly graduates are getting job offers from big-name companies, including GE, Disney, and Northrop Grumman. Some folks in Hawaii are getting forced from their homes as a volcano blows its top. The Kilauea volcano on Hawaii's big island erupting, throwing up rocks and ash as lava burns its way down some streets. There have been mandatory evacuation orders for thousands of people in nearby homes, but resident Richard Jones is ready to defy the volcano. Unless they force me to leave, yeah. I ain't planning to leave. Whatever happens, happens. That's it. The governor signed an emergency proclamation as the state's National Guard's been mobilized. A series of earthquakes rocking the region around the volcano this week a magnitude 5.0 quake hit the area Thursday. Jill Nato, Fox News. The leading Republican candidate for a U.S. Senate seat in California is a Holocaust denier. USA Today says in a recent poll, Patrick Little got more support than any other GOP candidate for the seat now held by Democrat Dianne Feinstein. Little has described himself as a counter-Semitic candidate. Gee, I mean, they're like the Holocaust never happened. Right. Huh? All the films, all the shots of the piles of the bodies at the end of World War II never happened. Vote now. Outrageous. WFLA News Time is 7.07. Washington Redskins cheerleaders say the team forced them to parade around topless. That story's online now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Too much redskin skin, I guess, is the contention, right? Hail to the redskins. This is your team, man. How you feel about that? I feel terrible. These are the first ladies of football. That's how they're introduced at FedEx Field. They yeah. deserve respect. There you go. Interesting story. I don't always great having you with us here on a Friday. Bringing us the news, Alan Spector will be back at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer. Steph's back with us after attending her brother's college graduation downstate. And uh, she'll be taking your calls at 407-916-5400. Our text line, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Okay, um, stay tuned right now for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cold cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Give this a shot. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Had one recently up in Deltona. Just listen for the new keyword of the hour coming up in seconds. Then text that word to 200-200. You could win a 1,000 smackers. An update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. From the president to Giuliani to Michael Cohn to Stormy Daniels to the anti-Trump media machine, on and on it goes. A lot of drama in D.C. We spent a lot of time on it. 
one hour ago. But just to catch you up, if you're just joining us, let's bring in News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Michael Cohen. Always great to have Michael Cohen. Michael Power. <laughs> Forgive me, I had Cohen on my mind. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> that is seriously that has seriously happened to me like three times in the last two days. It's completely <laughs> understandable the way things are going these days. Thanks for cutting me slack. Did I miss anything overnight? I mean, you take your eyes off this thing for ten minutes and something happens that's big news. What do you got? <laughs> No, but this morning Giuliani seems to be sort of dusting his hands off and saying, ah, well, my work here is done. Not not in regards to his legal representation of, of the White House and President Trump, but he believes he's settled this whole thing when it comes to Stormy Daniels and President Trump. He's arguing that the information that he released about how the president had reimbursed Cohen for his payments to Stormy Daniels, that case no longer has any implications that campaign finance laws were violated. So he says, mm, that's time for Mueller to kind of look away and say nothing to see over in these parts. However, Legal experts are pointing out that if you have Giuliani there saying the reason he made this payment when he did, meaning the president, uh, was that so there wouldn't be any information coming out during the election, it's pretty damning evidence, and it could actually throw the concept of a defense that payments were made to spare his wife Melania from embarrassment. That Giuliani just made that a lot more difficult by going on television yesterday. Yeah, I, there's a real case could be made that he might be at least initially hurting rather than helping the president. Um, what is uh, what is going on with the, the Mueller probe at this point? The last I heard, Giuliani said he now thought it was about a 50-50 chance that President Trump would be subpoenaed on this. Uh, what's the latest from that angle? That actually might have been up because you're right. That's what that's what at this point Giuliani's saying. Fifty percent chance and, and that Giuliani has to prepare for that fifty percent chance. But Giuliani may have just made the case as to why Mueller and special counsel uh, need to talk with Donald Trump. It has everything to do, as we know, with the president's state of mind during the key moment under the microscope, the firing of James Comey. That's how the whole investigation was started. And when you have Giuliani go on and talking about how the president fired Comey because he would not, among other things, say that Trump was not a target of the investigation investigation, that's about the third or fourth different definition we've heard for the reason of firing James Comey since the president went on and talked with Lester Holt on NBC News about a year ago. So those questions now being thrown into a bigger microscope, and Giuliani didn't do anything to help along those lines either. Now Mueller has an entirely new reason to sort of go after and try to see if he can get a conversation going with President Trump. Before you go, NBC had a bombshell story yesterday that they're walking back that Michael Cohen's phone had been tapped. Uh, apparently not so, right? Yeah, that seems to be a gray area right now. There's a con- the initial report may have been uh, the wiretapping, but what they were actually discussing apparently was the fact that there was some sort of surveillance going on for Michael Cohen and that there may have been a record of different types of phone numbers that had been called in rather right. than an actual wiretapping and listening in on conversations. In either case, it seems as though that's going back to before the FBI raids, and there was kind of a story about that not too long ago, right. talking about how the Southern District of New York had been on Michael Cohen and been investigating Michael Cohen prior to those FBI raids. In fact, when Mueller handed over that information to the Southern District of New York, that was sort of uh, the reason why, because he knew that there was an investigation already ongoing. Now, whether or not that had anything to do with any sort of federal wiretapping is yet to see, but there was at least some sort of surveillance going on that could have involved some of this information with Stormy Daniels. Really appreciate the update for our folks just joining us here on Good Morning Orlando. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Michael Bauer. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time around, Michael. You got it, bud. Have a great weekend yourself. Thank you, my friend. I do appreciate it. Full disclosure, my wife and I have eaten at Seasons 52. We like the place. I have no professional connection to Darden, 
four seasons 52 whatsoever. I'm actually coming down on their side, but um, I'll, I'll explain why here in just a moment. I'm really concerned that we have the heavy hand of the government dictating to a private company who they can hire when their hiring practices are designed to maximize their business and attract the kind of customers that will allow their business to 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 survive and to thrive and 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 I I just don't think that the government should be involved in this and be putting the hammer down on a company like this but they are now, the chain was accused, Seasons 52, of disproportionately rejecting applicants over 40 years of age. A total of 135 applicants told the government in sworn testimony that managers at Seasons 52 made a variety of discriminatory comments, like Seasons 52 girls are younger and fresh, most of the workers are younger, and Seasons 52 hires young people. Guess what? A lot of restaurants do that, okay? Particularly for the part of the restaurant where the servers are and, and the hosts, the greeters, etc., where the customers interact. They want to attract a certain clientele to build their business, maximize their profits, okay? And if they have determined that the customers they want who are best for their business are of a certain age or of a certain gender, I think they ought to be able to go that route. I don't think that that is the kind of age discrimination where the government ought to be getting involved in cracking down. I mean, let's look at this from both ends of the age spectrum, shall we? And I'm definitely going to want you to weigh in on this. What's next here? Hooters? Winghouse? You ever been one of those restaurants? No guy's ever going to get a job there no matter what his age is as a server. You know that, okay? And guess what? No middle-aged or older woman will ever be hired at Hooters or Winghouse as a server. Why? Because the restaurant wants a certain look they get from young women that their customers like and that makes them perhaps choose to go to Hooters or Winghouse as opposed to some other place where they can essentially get the same food. Is that unfair age discrimination? Should that be illegal? I don't think so. Look at your local television news team of choice. Look how young the anchors are. There are a few who are older, but they've been around forever, and they are staples in the community. They are the exceptions. I was a television news anchor. I couldn't get hired when I hit my mid-50s in this town or anywhere else. I didn't file an age discrimination suit. I get it. They're going for a certain demographic that allows them to attract an audience of people who will buy the products of the sponsors who advertise on the newscast. That's how they survive. That's where their revenue comes from. I never thought for a moment of filing an age discrimination suit, even though I knew my age was the reason I could no longer work in the television news business. I didn't want the government to put the hammer down on the station. One more thing. On the other side of the ledger, what about all those TV ads we see for life insurance, reverse mortgages, arthritis creams? There are no millennials. 
No people Yaffe or Steph's age doing those commercials. Why? Because prospective customers won't relate to them as a spokesperson. Is that age discrimination? Should Yaffe and Steph be filing lawsuits and getting the government to step in and say, wait a minute, I'd be great as a spokesperson for reverse mortgages and arthritis creams. I'm discriminated against. Pay me. I don't think so. And I don't think the government should have been involved in this. 407-916-5400. This is not some kind of, we hate old people. This is, we're a business. We know how to build our business. We know what it takes to survive and thrive in the marketplace, okay? And that means we frankly hire certain ages of people to do that. Do you agree with me on this? 407-916-5400. Join the conversation in the next segment. Get on the line now. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Or am I just a voice crying in the in the wilderness here? You tell me. The Parkland Shooters brothers now out of jail. Jeb Bush addresses UCF grads. Alan Spector with all the news every Friday on Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. News coming up at 7.30. We're all familiar with the, um, the mass killer in Broward County at the school back in February, Nicholas Cruz, but his brother is in the news this morning. Alan, that's your first story. What can you tell us? Well, bud, his brother is out of jail. Yesterday, a judge sentenced Zachary Cruz to time served after the 18-year-old pleaded guilty to violating probation for trespassing in March at Stoneman Douglas High School, the scene of the Valentine's Day massacre. Zachary Cruz admitted to driving without a license near a school in Palm Beach County last weekend, a violation of his probation. However, prosecutors say they can't prove the allegation and the charge will be dropped. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Thousands of graduates across the state are flipping the tassel. Former Governor Jeb Bush was the commencement speaker at the University of Central Florida yesterday afternoon. It was just over two weeks ago that his mother died. Jeb Bush said he was gratified by the respect and love shown to Barbara Bush. So many Americans reflected on the remarkable life of my mother after her recent passing And I was struck by how many people were inspired to do things, to be involved in causes far bigger than themselves. Bush urged the UCF graduates to spend their lives and careers in service to others. Authorities say they used DNA to arrest a Castleberry man on voter fraud charges. 36-year-old Brett Warren is accused of stealing residents' absentee ballots and fraudulently casting votes. Investigators were able to find Warren after lifting DNA evidence from the portion of the envelopes that are sealed with saliva. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, and that means partying and drinking. The folks at AAA want you to have a plan ready if you'll be one of those celebrating. That means staying where you're celebrating, calling a taxi, utilizing a rideshare service, or having a designated driver at the end of the night. AAA spokesman John Pecchio says if your plans fall through, pick up the phone and call tow to go That number is 855-2-TOW-TO-GO. It'll get you a free confidential ride home. Twitter is urging its more than 330 million monthly users to update their passwords 
following a glitch. In a blog post, reps for Twitter revealed a number of users' passwords were exposed internally, with some in plain text on the company's internal network. The bug, known as hashing, masks passwords as one enters it, replacing the text with numbers and letters. It caused passwords to be written on a company log before the hashing process was completed. Twitter fixed the error and says an internal investigation found there was no breach and none of the information was misused, adding, we are very sorry this happened. Reps advise users to ensure their information is safe by changing passwords and enabling Twitter's two-factor authentication service to help prevent accounts from being hacked. I'm Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. And elsewhere, bud. uh, Yeah, what you got, Alan? Today, Star Wars fans all over the world will celebrate the galaxy far, far away. May 4th became Star Wars Day after fans took the pun, may the 4th be with you to the next level. Star Wars Day was created by fans after they were able to connect with one another around the globe. The film company who created Star Wars, Lucasfilm, has fully embraced the holiday. Fans celebrate by hosting movie marathons, sharing their favorite Star Wars moments on social media, and even by cooking Star Wars recipes. You a big Star Wars fan? Not really. No? Not too much? Never followed the franchise particularly? I think I've seen all the movies. I I liked the first three many moons ago. What about you, um, Yaffe, Steph, Star Wars fans? Yeah, I am. I'm not like a super fan or anything, but I've seen all the movies and like them. Yeah, a lot. Even yeah. TBS that they're doing a May the Fourth thing, where it's Star Wars marathon. How about you? So Steph? it's really caught on. Yeah, I mean, I've never been like a huge fan, but the movies are good. I'm looking forward to the to the Star Wars attraction down at Disney Hollywood Studios, which they're working on, which is supposed to be massive, right? Yes, yeah, they're really smart to do that. Disney. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, finally Disney did something smart. That's right, Mike. Oh, right. Are you kidding? <laughs> maybe this striking gold every time around. Yeah, maybe they'll finally make money on something. <laughs> speaking of money. Poor, poor Mickey Mouse. Speaking of money, bud, the first electric guitar ever played by George Harrison of the Beatles is being auctioned off. Wow. And that auction will be held at Julian's auctions later this month. At the time Harrison used the guitar, the Beatles were playing pubs in England under the name The Quarrymen. The guitar could go up for up to $300,000. And he could really play the heart out of it. He was an awesome guitar player. He was. They were all awesome musicians. They don't often get credit for that. We talk about their songwriting and singing. Yeah. uh, But Ringo's drumming is... Current drummers pay tribute to Ringo yeah. and Paul's bass playing. They sure. talk about that. And Lennon, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yes. What else you got? A survey of more than 700,000 pet names reveals some pretty strange monikers, bud. Nationwide Pet Insurance put the names to a public vote, and their survey says Isabella Miss Worldwide Boo is voted the wackiest name for a dog, narrowly edging out Franklin Wolfsevelt for the title. Like Roosevelt, Wolfsevelt? Franklin Wolfsevelt. That's pretty clever. (laughs) I think that should be number one. That one's good. The top of the the feline list, Pablo Percasso, followed by Sir Pouncelot. Other creative critter names ranking among the top ten include Ruffy the Vampire Slayer, Vladimir Putin, and... Ah, that's good. I like that. Edward Scissorpaws. Ooh, not bad. Yaffe, your cat is Spiro. I've never asked you this. Named for Nixon's vice president? No, no. No? It's Latin for hope. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's spelled differently, but Very yes. Very nice. How you spell it? S-P-E-R-O. Oh, not I-R-O. Mm. Right. Okay, it's not Agnew. Okay, very interesting. See, you learn something every day about guys you work with all these years. Yeah. 
All e- right. Even stuff you don't want to know. Yeah, that's true. There's plenty <laughs> of that out there. Okay, Adam Ketcher for more news, top of the hour. I do want to see whether or not you want to give me your opinion. I, I really got into it here because this really, this really bothers me that the feds got involved and, um, and the doors were open to an age discrimination suit against the Darden restaurant chain Seasons 52 because, you know, a lot of people who t- applied there for work said if they were over 40, they were rejected and it was age discrimination. They had heard comments from people saying we want young, fresh girls in our restaurant on our staff. And I've got to tell you, you know, it's a real world out there and it's a very competitive world, particularly in the restaurant business, but in all business these days. And I think that a private company has a right to hire the kind of people who interface with their customer base that they want to attract that will maximize their business. And sometimes that means hiring people of a particular age group over people of another age group. And I think they ought to be allowed to do that. Don't you? Makes sense to me. You know, you're not going to have young people advertising reverse mortgages and arthritis creams on television. Okay? Go do something else. They don't want middle-aged and older people at Seasons 52 on the staff because it isn't what they have determined is what the customers would prefer. Go get a job at another restaurant where they don't care about that. Does the government have to get involved? Does everything have to be legal action, lawsuits, discrimination, and massive payouts? Enough. 407-916-5400. Agree or disagree? Text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic coming in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. If a private company thinks that they can maximize their business and their profits by hiring a visible workforce, visible to the customers, that happens to be of one gender or one age group, shouldn't they be allowed to do that without the heavy hand of the federal government coming down on them? This is why I'm opposed to what's happened to Seasons 52. They say, yeah, we want young, fresh girls, as they supposedly put it out there for our customers, because that's what our customers want. What is the first rule for business success? What is it, Yaffe? The customer is... Always right. Thank you very much. See where I'm coming from? Yeah. Now, what happens if I roll into a Hooters and apply for work, okay, as a server? All right? They're going to turn me down, right? And then should I go and, you know, see if I can't get uh, something going and and get the federal government to file a lawsuit on my behalf for age and gender discrimination. Yeah, I could make millions, right? What do you think would happen if I did that? Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's what I think would happen. Either that or they would make you wear the outfit, which nobody wants to see that. Oh, I wouldn't look real good. No. Not real good. <laughs> do you understand where I'm coming from on this? Or, or is this legitimate age discrimination, the situation at Seasons 52? And do you understand, Steph and, and Yaffe and anybody on the text line, everybody wants to talk about it, where I'm coming from on this? You know, I, I just think that private companies should be able to, to have employees visible yeah. visible visible to their customers that help them attract customers. The yeah, customers I agree. always right, you know? 
I agree with you completely. I mean, I tend to be pretty libertarian about this stuff, and it just this sets a really bad precedent. Does. I think, and it could go on to other restaurants and other businesses as well that would hire, you know, based on age. There's sometimes there's a reason why they do it based on age, and it's a legitimate reason, in my opinion. Yeah. What's the text line input? Yeah, one person says this bud says they are a Democrat, but they totally agree with you. Says a business has the right to build their clientele and not fear the backlash of the federal government. Another person says, um, another person does have a little stipulation, though. Says uh, the older people on reverse mortgage ads are actors playing a role. Statutes are not applicable. So I guess if you're an actor, you're allowed to do that. Well, but here's the deal. They want an older person. They also want somebody with performance skills. If they can't get an older person pitching, you know, reverse mortgages, they're going to get somebody playing the part of an older person. They're not going to put somebody who's younger in there. Those actors, the young actors, are not candidates for those jobs. And that is not a legitimate ground for a massive discrimination lawsuit. Steph, do you understand where I'm coming from? Am I making any sense? You and I are more than a generation apart. Maybe you see it differently. Yeah, no, I see it the same as you. I like that. They're all coming my way, Yaffe. I'm going to keep doing this just like Rush till everybody agrees with me, although I think we have a ways to go. Al, you're in Kissimmee. Quickly, please. Good morning, Al. Good morning. I just want to make a comment. Uh, My wife works for Disney. She's been there 15 years. Uh, She's only making 15 years. 15, okay. And uh, she's making 11-something still an hour uh, with this $15 raise. Looks like they're going to forget about the people that work there longer hours, longer years. And uh, given this $15 uh, an hour for the new employees, but then they forget about the older employees. Well, wait a minute. They won't get the $15 an hour? The older employees get stuck at $11 or whatever it is? That's the question right now. Um, I don't think they can get away with that. I think everybody's got to go up to $15 an hour. We'll watch for it, Al. Thank you very much. A little bit off message here. But again, it is sort of related to the age discrimination issue, isn't it? Yeah, another person said this, but said, do you want an old guy helping you in Victoria's Secret? That's creepy. No, it is creepy. Yes, I agree. There's another good point. We could go on and on with this, okay? I'm rethinking this whole Hooters thing because I'm not getting in that outfit, Yaffe. I don't care what they say. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> Good. Thank you for that. <laughs> for the... Orlando thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Orlando. And more importantly, good Friday morning. We're glad you're with us here at 8 o'clock for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the Stormy Daniels Agreement. Who paid whom? We'll have details coming up in one minute. And what's the status of our prisoners in North Korea? Have they been released yet? A live report coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. Reaction continues to comments from President Trump's new attorney, Rudy Giuliani, regarding a payment made to an adult film star. President Trump blasted out a series of tweets saying the money his lawyer Michael Cohen paid to former porn actress Stormy Daniels didn't come from campaign contributions. His new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, revealing the president reimbursed Cohen for paying Daniels in 2016 so she wouldn't talk about an alleged sexual encounter with the president a decade earlier. It wasn't for the campaign. It was to save 
their sure. not their marriage as much as their, their reputation. So Giuliani says Cohen merely told the president he had expenses for which Mr. Trump reimbursed him. He didn't know the details of this until we knew the details of it, which is a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe not even a couple, maybe 10 days ago. The president denied any knowledge one month ago. In Washington, Caroline Shively, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Red light runners, beware. The state Supreme Court says those traffic cameras are a legal way to catch you. In its unanimous verdict, the state's high court said red light cameras are legal. Justices dismissed a lawsuit filed by traffic attorneys for a South Florida driver who was cited after caught on one of those red light cameras making an illegal turn. The issue went before the state Supreme Court following conflicting appellate court decisions, one of which prompted a class action suit against a number of cities seeking ticket refunds. It's unlikely that lawsuit will proceed because of this latest ruling. I'm Sharon Parker. As Walt Disney World and union leaders continue to go head-to-head in labor talks, A major issue is the proposal of a $15 per hour minimum wage. Some union leaders are for that proposal and others are rejecting it because it would cut certain benefits like overtime. A student at a Daytona Beach high school is facing two felony charges after police say he was caught with a knife and heroin. They say 17-year-old Adam Michael Wallace Van Dorn seemed to be under the influence when he was taken to the school office at Seabreeze High. The annual National Day of Prayer ceremony at the state capitol usually attracts lawmakers and cabinet members, but this year's ceremony was free of politicians. Most of them are out campaigning, but Pam Olson with the Hilltop House of Prayer says they were there in spirit. The governor and cabinet weren't able to be here, but all of them told me to please extend their prayers over our state and nation to the people. And our legislators, many of them I've spoken to, will be taking part in the National Day of Prayer events within their own local districts. The National Day of Prayer was established by Congress back in 1952. Hawaii's Kilauea volcano has erupted, sending lava flowing into residential communities enforcing more than a 1,000 residents to evacuate. This morning, Hawaii Governor David Ige is urging all residents in the path of the eruption to leave their homes. We want people to be safe. So clearly, if you live in the Ilania states, you have to evacuate to the emergency shelter at Pohoa Community uh, Center. A magnitude 5.0 earthquake hit the area around the volcano yesterday, and that area had experienced hundreds of smaller earthquakes over the past week. Governor Ige said he deployed the National Guard to assist in the evacuation effort. You know, this lava goes wherever it wants to go. I mean, it's just so super red hot. There's nothing you can do. You can't stop it. You can't hunker down. You can't protect yourself against it. It's kind of unlike anything else that we deal with, you know, in the national realm. I mean, the natural realm, isn't it, Alan? I mean, here we get firefighters. You can at least fight the fires or whatever and knock them down or hurricanes or tornadoes. You can hunker down or whatever. With the lava, you just got to get out. That's it. Get out of the way, like the governor said. WFLA News Time is 8.07. These stories and more online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Alan, we were we were told and we reported on it yesterday that uh, our prisoners in North Korea it looked like they were just about to be released. Do you have anything on that this morning? I don't know where these guys are. Do you? I haven't seen anything new this morning. We'll keep looking and uh, seeing what's going on over there. We're going to bring in our man Bill Zim for our News Radio one two five national correspondent on the North Korean beat here in just a moment. Stay tuned for that live report. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. 
We've got uh, Yaffe producing, and Steph is back with us here this morning and taking your calls at 407-916-5400. Text line always open, never busy, 23680, but know that standard message and data rates apply there. Stay tuned right now for your shot at your share of $880,000 in cold cash and our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the new keyword of the hour. It's coming right up. Then all you have to do is text that word to 200-200. Somebody's got to win. It could be you. You could be our next $1,000 winner, in fact, like the one we had so recently up in Volusia County. An update for you at least every 10 minutes of the top stories all morning long on Good Morning Orlando. And um, that is coming up right now, right after this on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Well, the president, and particularly his new lead attorney, Rudy Giuliani, had us believing that uh, the release of our three prisoners from the U.S. held in North Korea was imminent. I have no news that they have been released, but I'll tell you what, there's no better guy to have with his ear to the ground than a big story like this than our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer on the North Korean update right now. Bill, welcome to Good Morning Orlando as always. Hey, thank you, Bud, and good morning to you. Uh, the latest we have on these uh, three U.S. citizens who have been detained in North Korea uh, for at least a year uh, is that the three have been moved out of their labor camps to a hotel where they are reportedly undergoing health treatments and what's called ideological education. What this means uh, is that uh, their ultimate release could be coming at any time. Rudy Giuliani kind of jumped the gun a little bit yesterday, yeah. saying it would happen yesterday. Uh, the White House and State Department backed off of that statement. But uh, their release could come at any time. It could be today. It could be in the future. But as Joseph Yun, the former top diplomat to North Korea, says, we probably won't hear about it until it's already done. Well, they've been held in labor camps, I think, since a, two of them anyway, since 2015, even predating the Trump presidency here. And that can't be a very good scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if they're waiting to release them, perhaps in no small part, because they got to get them in decent shape if this is going to be an act of goodwill. We know yeah. that they sent us Otto Warmbier in a, in, in a vegetative state, and he died shortly after he got to the U.S. We all remember that nightmare. Yeah, we do, and that's the not uh, the type of image that we want to see here. Now, the last time these three were seen was last year. They were all reported to be in relatively good health at that time, uh, so we have no expectation that they are in bad health now. But again, we want to make sure that we don't go through that same horrible scene that we saw with Otto Warmbier when he was transported home in a, uh, a coma. Now, uh, Kim Dong-chul has been in custody for the longest time, detained in 2015, sentenced to 10 years hard labor for spying. The other two, and he's a businessman, the other two were educators, worked at Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. Both of them detained about a year ago, uh, two weeks apart in April and May of 2017. Yeah. Uh, so uh, hopefully these three will be home soon. Got about a minute here, Bill. Update us yep. on uh, plans for this anticipated summit between Kim Jong-un and President Trump. Uh, any fresh news on exactly when, exactly where this might happen? Uh, and I think that is, is pending this release. I think that this release is safe to say a condition on any meeting between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. Uh, we have no update on a possible date or location, although it looks more and more like it will take place at the DMZ in Korea. I expect we'll get an announcement on this sometime within the next week. 
and we'll continue to follow it very closely. We appreciate the update. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent on the North Korea beat, uh, working the foreign desk for us here, Bill Zimfer. Bill, thank you. Have a great weekend. Always appreciate your time. Hey, always a pleasure, bud. Thanks. You bet. Coming up, we got a fresh Trump tweet blasting NBC News for their errant reporting yesterday. And um, something we want you to hear, a powerful message about what the deep state and the anti-Trump forces are trying to do to this president from a former highly respected FBI agent, once was assistant director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I played it in the 6 o'clock hour. It was on Tucker Carlson last night. If you're just joining us, you need to stay with me. And you'll want to hear this. President's tweeting today. Um, He's headed for Dallas. He's going to speak at the National Rifle Association Convention in Big D. Tweeting this, going to Dallas, the great state of Texas today, leaving soon on the border situation here. We got more and more of these migrants finding asylum and getting across the Mexican border into this country. Um, Our southern border is under siege. Congress must act now to change our weak and ineffective immigration laws. Must build a wall. Mexico, which has a massive crime problem, is doing little to help. And then this, relating to all of the D.C. drama that we talked about in detail in our 6 o'clock hour, the president tweeting this this morning. NBC News is wrong again. Oh, well, let let me set this up. Yesterday, NBC News wrongly reported that Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen's phone, had been wiretapped by the Mueller gang, okay? And that was wrong. Turns out they they were making a log of phone numbers that Michael Cohen would have called. And apparently they say there was one number that was Cohen calling the White House, but we don't know who's calling the president or not. So Trump lets him have it. The fake news media, NBC News, is wrong again. They cite sources which are constantly wrong. Problem is, like so many others, the sources probably don't exist. They are fabricated fiction. NBC, he tweets, my former home with The Apprentice, now as bad as fake news, CNN. Sad. Ooh, scathing indictment, Yaffe, if they're as bad as CNN. And sometimes they are, especially but not exclusively their left-wing branch MSNBC on cable. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's funny that he talked about his former home, so he's not even he's willing to blast his former home. Look yeah. At that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, um let me let me play this for you from our six o'clock hour. It was on Tucker Carlson last night and I caught it and I earmarked it just before I turned in. Um it was an interview that Tucker had with James Kallstrom. Now, for twenty seven years, from nineteen seventy into the late nineteen nineties, he was an FBI agent. He in, he uh, investigated and helped bring down branches of the mafia, the Costa Nostra. Uh, he investigated the TWA um, plane crash that killed so many people. Uh, the terrorist connections to all of that, and he was the former assistant director of the FBI. And. Um, Listen to what he has to say, not only about the stormtrooper tactics, as I think they've been appropriately called by Rudy Giuliani, of the Mueller gang in the way they broke into Paul Manafort's home and raided it in the middle of the night and terrorized his family, and what they essentially did the same thing at Michael Cohen's office 
the Trump attorney here. But he talks in, 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 in very, very stark, direct, and I think compelling terms about the anti-Trump machine, about the Trump derangement syndrome that we often talk about, about the deep state that was enraged that Trump ran for president, enraged that he got the nomination, and have been even more deranged and antagonistic toward him and bent on bringing him down since he became the president of the United States. Former FBI top agent James Kallstrom. I just think these people are out of control. From the very time that Donald Trump was the nominee of the Republican Party, there has been a conspiracy, a fifth column, call it what you want, that has tried to stop him from getting elected, and number two, stop his effective work for the people of this country. And look at the magnificent job he's done in the economic front, in the foreign relations front, in a year and a half. In my view, more than the last three presidents combined. Powerful words from a very credible voice, the former FBI Assistant Director James Kallstrom. Now, hey... Alan Spector bringing us the news every Friday morning. Alan, graduations everywhere, but none bigger than across town at UCF. You know, they're graduating 8,000 students this week. Amazing. In six different commencement ceremonies. And one of them they had yesterday afternoon featured former Governor Jeb Bush. A little in over two weeks after his mother's passing, Jeb Bush's speech was short and sweet, just like Barbara Bush would have wanted. So when I would ask her what I should speak about, she would always say, Jeb, speak about 10 minutes and sit down and shut up. Jeb Bush encouraged the graduates to be of service to others and be involved in causes far bigger than themselves. Bush was presented an honorary doctorate in public service from UCF. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. FEMA is granting the Puerto Rico governor's request for an extension of the temporary sheltering assistance program until June 30th and will offer transportation back to Puerto Rico for families who remain in the TSA program in the continental U.S. FEMA said this will be the final extension of the program for Hurricanes Irma and Maria. Two senior citizens are dead after their car crashed into a concrete pillar on Interstate 4 in Volusia County. It happened just after 1 a.m. on the highway's eastbound side near Tomoka Farms Road. State troopers say an 85-year-old man from Avon Park did not stay in his lane, hit a construction barrel, then hit a guardrail, drove off the road, and hit the pillar. He died at the scene. An 80-year-old woman in the car with him died at a nearby hospital. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, and partiers here in Florida who've had too much to drink will have another option to get home. AAA spokesman John Pecchio says their tow-to-go program will again be providing a free confidential ride. AAA's tow-to-go program operates as a safety net for those who didn't have a plan in place at the end of the night. We'll come out and take you and your vehicle home or to a safe destination within a 10-mile radius, no questions asked. That number is 855-2-TOW-TO-GO. And AAA says partiers should put the number in their phones before they drink, just in case. Twitter is urging all users to change their passwords after a glitch caused some to be stored in readable text on its internal computer system. Twitter says the problem has been resolved and there's no indication the passwords were stolen or misused, but as a precaution, they still recommend that users change their passwords. And elsewhere, bud, mm-hmm. Walt Disney World is ending its long-running Night of Joy Christian music event. Don't tell me that. According to the Orlando Sentinel, there will be no event this year. 
and the resort has no current plans to hold it in the future. Night of Joy began at Disney's Magic Kingdom Park in 1983. It's been held at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex the past two years. The annual event drew big-name Christian artists like Amy Grant, Jars of Clay, and CeCe Winans. Disney says it ended the event because it wants to keep changing its offerings. I didn't even know they moved it to the wide world of sports a couple of years ago. I, I went to that a few years ago. It's all, the, it's all the great Christian musical groups, right, Gaffy? Well, yeah, it was really popular, too. I mean, it was packed when they did that event. Now, Universal does a similar event called Rock the Universe, which I think happens on the same weekend. So I don't, I don't know if they've continued doing that or not, but that's interesting. Boy, and now, now you're making me wonder whether the candlelight processional of Epcot's going to be next on the chopping block down at the mouse. I don't like this. Can't get rid of that. I hope not, but I would have thought they would have kept the night of joy, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised because it was a very popular event. Mm. Elsewhere, beyond that, people who say President Donald Trump is as cold as ice may get their chance to watch him melt. A project dubbed Project Trumpmore wants to carve Trump's face into an Arctic iceberg and then watch it dissolve to prove that global warming is happening. Oh, you give me a break. Really? The, the idea was proposed by a Finnish environmental group. It wants to raise $500,000 to build the 115-foot monument. Then they would install a live stream camera to watch it melt away. And the group's website says it's looking for possible locations. President Trump, of course, has denied the existence of climate change and withdrew the U.S. from the 2015 Paris Agreement, which focuses on reducing carbon emissions. He has denied the existence of man-made climate change that we can do anything about, just to be a little bit more precise on that. Okay. Thanks. That's all right. The, <laughs> I appreciate the help. Well, <laughs> we're all here to help, you know, Alan. We're going to get you through this. You're... Your, your Friday nightmare will soon be over. All right. <laughs> and now the big story of the morning. What's that? The holes are getting a lot bigger in fashionably ripped jeans. The Carmar Pants Company in Los Angeles has debuted its extreme cutout jeans. Yeah, I saw these. Steph, have you seen these extreme cutout jeans? Listen to this. Listen to this. The holes take up nearly the entire pants. The Carmar website says the holes are large statement cutouts for those who dare to bear. The jeans go for 168 bucks. They do have pockets and a zipper, and I think that's about it. I think they're girls' jeans, which is why I brought Steph into the conversation here. I didn't know if you had seen yeah, these or not. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I feel like I can make them myself. Yeah, get out a <laughs> pair of scissors on your $15 jeans. Yeah, really. Mission accomplished, right? What is it? How much, Alan? $168. Oh, yikes. You know, I'm good. <laughs> Many social media users were flabbergasted that anyone would buy the extreme cutout jeans, but the Carmar website says they're sold out. They can add you to their waiting list if you'd like, bud. No, 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 not for the bud man, definitely. I think this is a girl's thing. We're going to look that up and show Steph the picture, get a reaction a little yeah, later I in just, the show. I just looked at the picture right now. It's <laughs> He wasn't exaggerating when he said it's got pockets and a zipper, and that's about it. <laughs> Basically cuts out most the of the bear, legs. The bare necessities. Oh, yeah. Alan, thank you. You're welcome. Alan Spector with our news every Friday here on the 50,000-watt front porch. And every day and we move it around, a chance for one of our fantastic listeners to win great prizes. And boy, do we have them today on the Daily Sound Judgment Game. You're eligible by company rules to win if you have not won Sound Judgment in 30 days. If you're a recent winner, please, on the honor system, step aside. Give others, particularly some newcomers, a chance to win. 
Free tickets to the Disney on Ice Dare to Dream Spectacular coming to Orlando in the Amway Center. Free tickets. You're going on us, and we're throwing in one of these fabulous hard-to-get Trump board games that everybody loves. Dual prizes on sound judgment, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. We'll play the game after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, we're ready to go with a sound judgment game. And if you're getting a busy signal and pounding the steering wheel because you want in to win these great prizes, if somebody gets a wrong answer, you can still get in at 407-916-5400. But you'll have to be quick. And about those prizes, Steph? That's right. So today we have a family four-pack of tickets to see Disney on Ice, Dare to Dream at the Amway Center happening May 11th to the 13th. Visit 1025wfla.com, keyword events, for more info there. And we also have the brand new Trump Policy Board Game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. The new Trump Policy Game is a $40 value, and it's available at trumppolicy.net. Thank you, Steph. Okay, right now, let's go. For today's Sound Judgment Game, we're going to focus on President Trump's faith. The president spoke eloquently at Thursday's National Day of Prayer event at the White House. I want you to listen to a short sound clip from President Trump's remarks. Then use your sound judgment to tell me this. What denomination is President Trump? We are proud of our religious heritage. And as president, I will always protect religious liberty. We've been doing it. What denomination is President Trump? It came up from his own lips a couple of times at least during the presidential campaign. Let's see how much you know. Line one, go ahead. Episcopalian? Nope, not Episcopalian. There's the open line. Thanks for trying. Disney on Ice tickets, Trump board game, 407-916-5400. Grab that line. What denomination line two is President Trump? Um, I believe that he's Methodist. No. Nope, but thanks for trying. One more opportunity for you to get in now at 407-916-5400. Not Episcopalian, not Methodist. Line three, what denomination? Presbyterian. Well, let's listen, Yaffe, to the president himself. I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. Are you surprised to hear that? Yeah. That's it. You're our winner. (laughs) (laughs) Nice going. Well, thank you. How about that? You're going to Disney on ice with your family, and you got that Trump board game to play with your family and friends. That's a pretty good prize package on a Friday morning, wouldn't you say? Yes, thank you very much. We're excited for you, my friend. What's your first name? I'll write you a little note here. Gary, G-A-R-Y. All right, Gary, where are you calling in from this morning? St. Cloud. Beautiful. Osceola County. Terrific. Yeah, but I just want to say you have really good penmanship, by the way. Why, you've gotten a, a, a note from me before? Oh, a while back, yeah, and I was uh, I noticed your payment shows. I was like, wow, you don't see that these days anymore. Well, it's not too bad. I'm looking at it right now. My kids say they can't read any of the notes I write to them on birthday and Christmas cards and stuff. But thank you very much for, uh, you know, for giving me a little encouragement. But I'm going to write you another personal note. Nobody else writes my stuff, buddy. For better or for worse, this is the Budman's note, okay? It's coming along with um, the prizes. You and Steph can work it out off air, Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Gary, have a great, great time at the Disney on Ice and, of course, with that Trump board game. We'll put him on hold 
you must you must practice or something for those notes because i've seen your like little notes you write before the show on things you're gonna say and stuff like that i can't read that stuff well, i don't want you to read my stuff yaffy it's all in code for you <laughs> I, I guess to, that's what it I is i want to keep you in the dark and see if you can still push all the right buttons well you must you must really try hard with your notes to the listeners all right <laughs> it's like unreadable isn't it yeah <laughs> i really scratch i do have i gotta write real slow you know this age of you know computers and keyboards you know you spend most of your time right you know that's not true. writing with a pen or a pencil and when you go to you know it's just like ugh. i mean my, my handwriting's terrible too i have no room to talk it's awful always has been <laughs> yeah everybody's is i think this day and age uh but at any rate yeah if i go nice and slow you can at least read it and i'm glad gary gary gave me a little props there because my kids give me a hard time about my handwriting all the time and i'm on darden's side on this and and i mentioned it before and a lot of you agreed with me there are some businesses and restaurants are among them that have a visible to the customer workforce and there are certain businesses where they can determine that they're going to maximize their, 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 their customer response and the people who come into their business and do business with them if they present them with a certain look in their employees. And sometimes that means that you're going to hire young women as opposed to middle-aged and older white guys. And Feasance 52 had determined that. I don't consider that malicious age discrimination, and I don't think the government should get in there. You know, you have other opportunities other places. And television ads for reverse mortgages and life insurance and uh, arthritis medications, you're not going to see a young actor get employed to advertise those because it doesn't work in terms of attracting business, which is older people. They want an older person who looks like this is the kind of thing that they know about. And that should be what a private business is allowed to do. But the government will not stay out of our lives, and it makes me crazy. Steph, it's so great to have your smiling face back here, bright and cheery in the morning from oh, 6 yeah. until 9. You had a couple of days off for a great yeah. family event in South Florida, right? It was nice, yeah. My family, we usually don't get to get, uh, you know, get together a lot, so... It was nice, all of us being well, together. What was going for on? It. Oh, my brother graduated from FAU finally. You never thought he'd make it, huh? No, well, neither did my dad. After six years, he's like, "Oh God, finally." <laughs> so, you're proud of him? I am. Good deal. Yep. Good deal. Good. It's nice to have you back with us here on the fifty thousand watt front porch. It's great to have Yaffe back. He's still recovering from his one day in New York City. First time ever in the Big Apple. Too much walking, bud. Too much walking. I'm still sore. I can't believe it. You're like half the man you used to be. I don't know what happened to you in the Big Apple, Yaffe. I'm going to sleep all weekend, I think. (laughs) Okay, good deal. We can do that. We're all going to back off the gas. I hope you enjoy a great weekend as well. And, And for Yaffe and for Steph and for Alan, who brings us the news every Friday, The Bud Man here. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. God bless you. And as always, God bless America.